The Jeep Grand Cherokee 4xE. It's electrified. Boogie, boogie, boogie. So you can boogie, woogie, woogie into the forest. Boogie. Boogie, woogie, woogie through the mud. Or boogie, woogie, woogie to work, where you boogie, woogie, woogie down the hall to your boss's office to tell him you quit. Then you boogie, woogie, woogie to the elevator as he boogie, woogie, woogies after you, begging, please, take me with you. The electrified Jeep Grand Cherokee 4xE. Learn more at Jeep.com. Jeep is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. Prepare your ears, humans. Happy, sad, confused begins now. Today on Happy, Sad, Confused, Jordan Peele and his cinematographer Hoyta Van Hoytema dive deep into a spoiler-filled conversation about Nope. Hey guys, I'm Josh Horowitz. Welcome to another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused, and we got a special one for you guys today. I know I say that all the time, but I love me a filmmaker deep dive, and we have not one, but two amazing filmmakers today. Jordan Peele. He has been on the podcast before. I could talk to this guy for hours. He has really become, in a very short period of time, one of our greats. Three films, three for three as far as I'm concerned. Get Out, Us, and Nope. We are also joined, and this is a special treat, by his director of photography, cinematographer Hoyta Van Hoytema. If you don't know who Hoyta is, you know his work. He has worked with Christopher Nolan on his last four or five films. I think he joined him on Interstellar, and he's kind of now the master of IMAX. He has also worked um, with Christopher on his latest film, Oppenheimer, coming out next summer. Uh, this guy makes big movies, makes beautiful big movies. He was the perfect collaborator for Jordan on Nope, which... If you've seen the movie, and you pro probably should have seen the movie for this conversation because I'll get it out of the way right now, there are spoilers ahead. Uh, big time spoilers. This is a super nerdy conversation. So put your nerd hat on, get ready, because we're going to talk deep into not only the themes of the movie, but really the tech side too. And that's, that's not always like rich territory, but in the case of a movie like Nope, where they really achieved something very unique unprecedented, frankly, in how they achieved their nighttime scenes in approaching the vast landscape, the outdoor landscapes in an IMAX form. There are many aspects of this film that are really fascinating. So if you are a true film geek like myself, this is the one for you um, to have this kind of opportunity to really dive deep months later into a film like Nope, which frankly for me has also got just gotten richer with each viewing. I've seen it three times now. It's like all of Jordan's movies. They just, there's so much to dig into. And especially in this one, not only on a narrative level, but also on a visual level, it's juicy stuff. So um, I couldn't be more excited that this one came together. Uh, nope is one that will stand the test of time. Uh, I hope it gets recognized in some way by the Oscars for cinematography or writing. We'll see. Um, but whatever happens, it's a great piece of work, and we have this conversation to enjoy. So I know you guys are going to dig this one. Uh, again, one more warning. If you haven't seen Nope, see it first before you, see, you listen or watch this conversation, because it's just going to be all the more rich. 
Um, I'll get to the conversation pretty much uh, right away, but you know the usual preamble, if you want to watch this conversation, you can of course watch it on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Josh Horowitz. The information's in the show notes. If you want the early access to this and all my podcasts, go to Patreon, patreon.com slash happysadconfused. That's where all the bells and whistles are, the merch, uh, the posters, the discount codes. Uh, check it all out there. Again, the info is in the show notes. Um, okay, let's get right to it, guys, because you're not here for the intro. You're here to hear, you're here to listen. I'm not going to say here to hear, because that's just too much. You're here to listen to two of the greats today, writer-director Jordan Peele and his cinematographer-director of photography, Hoyta Van Hoytema. Enjoy. I have two kings of geekdom right here, despite what Hoyta says. We, we consider him a master, a geek, all the adjectives. Um, Jordan, welcome back to the podcast. It's always a pleasure to see you, man. And, uh, and, and Hoyta, this is a, a real distinct honor. Uh, I am such a fan of your work. Uh, only Robert Richardson uh, has preceded you as a DP on this podcast. So uh, we, oh. only, we only allow the best on here. So, so welcome. Yeah, you could say that again. Um, <laughs> So this is, um, this film, I, 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 you know, I didn't get a chance to talk to you guys when the film came out initially. And in a way I'm like actually happy now because we get to have this kind of conversation where we can really dive deep. Um, first I, I'm just curious, like I often ask filmmakers or actors, like what, when they recognized, like what a director did growing up, when did you guys recognize what a DP did, like what a cinematographer, uh, did and, and, and what their contribution was to filmmaking? You mean as a kid? Or yeah. As... Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, was it a teenager? Was it 12? Was it eight? Was it 20? Like, when did you kind of figure out, oh, wait, this is what their job is. This is what they're contributing to the craft. I I am, uh, I, I figured it out quite late, I'd say. You know, I um, I went to film school in Poland. And 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 um, uh, when I when I came to Poland, um, uh, you know, I, I I knew I wanted to do something creative in film, you know, and I I had been uh, you know taking lots of pictures. I I I'd done a little bit of writing, you know, everything like a mixed bag. But I never had real contact with you know with sort of the mechanics of of filmmaking. But then uh, when I came uh, to do entrance exam in Pol Poland. Um, I found out that the school only had two directions, and one uh, direction was directing, and the other direction was literally cinematography. So uh, when they asked me, "So which direction are you choosing?" I was like, "Oh shit! What <laughs> you know? What am I gonna choose?" Uh, and um, and um, and at that moment, it was a language thing because I just figured out, okay, I can. You know, all the all the all the all the all the lectures were in Polish, and I was thinking, well, I can study directing, but then I have to write. And do, does that mean I have to start writing in Polish? Doesn't does that mean I have to sort of start thinking about actors in the Polish language? Or you know, uh, I could I could become a DP and learn that, and then you know, I get to play with cameras and lights and so on. And there's not really sort of a verbal language involved in that. So I kind of, you know, I kind of rolled into it in that way, you know, in a, in a, in a, in a, in a sort of a, a mindless light way, but. Um, so you thought it was the easiest path. Little did you know what the adventure you were, were embarking on. <laughs> well, it made the most sense when I, when I sort of 
had to start, you know, figuring out what I was going to study or what I wanted to yeah. learn, you know, uh, and 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 I think you know the sort of the the mechanics of it of the craft itself were, were appealing to me. You know, I mm. I, I like you know I like I like engineering um, uh, as a, as a person. You know, I like photography of course a lot, and, and and you know light and the arts and visuals. But I I always I always felt you know I I fit very much in, in into that sort of um, you know. Um, invention building sort of mechanical engineering uh, corner of it you know and I for mean, you yeah for you jordan oh, okay. i was i was going to jump in and, and and answer that same question to say when i was starting off um my love of film i don't think i really understood what uh, a director photographer what a cinematographer does you know except except that you you know occasionally you sort of hear this word and you see this credit and it wasn't until I started um, studying, you know, probably in my 20s even, started just doing a little bit more research into, into film, really realized that how, how pivotal a role, how, how crucial a partnership this is. And in Hoyta here, you know, I'm, I just, when, when he speaks, I just, I soak it up the, uh, I soak it up because I really do feel like I got the, the opportunity to work with one of the great cinematographers of all time. He's going to, he's not, he's, he's going to hate to hear me say this, but his, you know, I can honestly say for this ambitious film, no, you know, I knew I needed somebody I, that I knew was, you know, a, the top level that you could get and getting to um, work with Hoyt and his, his, his style um, which is very much, you know, uh, led by his, his technical, his obsession with technical and, and, and tinkering and figuring out problems, but also really led with uh, this sense of the joy of collaboration. Right. So, yeah, we, 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 had, we had fun. Talk, mm -hmm. it, one of the many unique things about this project, about this film, is that it's very rare when the style and approach is also the kind of the thematics of the, the movie. Um, it's, it, it's a foundational principle of the movie is the way you have approached the shooting of the movie uh, to get a little meta many times over. Um, so more so than ever, needless to say, you always have to be in lockstep with your DP. But did that change the nature of the relationship? You obviously had to be, again, in lockstep on Get Out and Us in different ways, and those are visually accomplished films. But there's something next level about this in every way, in the thematics and in the marriage of spectacle and image and theme. Wouldn't you say, Jordan? I thought, yes. And I thought, I, I think there may have been part of that <laughs> that uh, plot line that, that may have been even born out of the desire to you know, to, to work with someone on Hoyt's level. And from the moment we, you know, I could give him the script, you know, I knew more than any other film that he and his work were going to be a character as in this film. That was a lie. And I think from the very beginning, Hoyt, I think I talked to him and in, in mm -hmm. he started talking in terms of him as a, as a, you know, I mean, there's a, a many technical, um, and visual marvels we pulled off or he pulled off that I, would, I want to talk 
talk about as well. But one of my favorite pieces of collaboration that I think he took in and adapted from the early stages was this idea of him and his crew and his camera uh, being a character, being being the audience, and that audience needing to have a sense of wonder, have a sense of um, of missing, just missing the spectacle until we finally get it and see it. And so, you know, I, I watched uh, Hoyt really ad uh, adopt this sense of character. I think with his, his entire approach and, and as well, his connection to um, the, the adventure of the film. We, we just, we, we looked at this like we were getting to shoot a UFO. Mm -hmm. But that's, but that's kind of Jordan. I mean, listen, needless to say, when you get something like that on your table as cinematography, it's, it's a dream. Um, but it's 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 not necessarily a dream because it's written on the paper and it needs it has these requirements. But for me, it was specifically like a like a, a dream scenario because you know both in your writing and 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 when you produce your script and 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 tell you know and 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 elaborate what you want to do with it. I mean, it's 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 all about curiosity and it's all about figuring shit out and 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 finding out and and. And and you know to go on a journey. It's 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 uh, you know when you get a script from you, it's not an absolute sort of airtight little piece of information that you have to process. It's 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 more like an invitation to listen. I want to figure this out. I want to sort of explore this, and I want to sort of learn more about it. And can you come along with me on that journey? You know, and then it becomes for me, you know, with my sort of expertise and sort of my my part of you know what I contribute, it 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 really becomes this sort of um, you know absolute discovery project. You know you have to look into yourself and you have to sort of uh, uh, look beyond yourself and 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 figure stuff out in order to find out what it is that you want to tell and and or, or how you want to tell it. And that's of course nothing is more exciting. Uh, for a cinematographer than that, especially when you co collaborate with somebody that is absolutely naked and open and sort of, you know, um, uh, yeah, perceptible to this discovery, you know? Well, there's something very exciting about what you guys are talking about, because look, as someone that obviously like all three of us born and raised on film and just has studied it their entire life to find new, new ways to do it, to, to still, mm -hmm. you know, for some, it feels like, Oh, we've done it all in a hundred years, hundred plus years of movies. Like you've cracked it. Like there are only so many ways to shoot, but you are iterating and reiterating with every project. And, and let's talk about some of the ways you did in, in this one, because some of it is even, even imperceptible to the audience at first blush. And that's mm -hmm. okay. I mean, you know, you don't need to like show off like what, what they're seeing, but there's some really fascinating aspects of this movie. Like, I mean, I know you guys have talked about this, but let's indulge me for a second. Um, the nighttime scenes. Okay. So day for night, people might've heard of over the years, you shoot day and then there's in post or the, you apply a filter, et cetera. You basically mask night for a variety of reasons. Usually, usually I assume budgetary ones. Um, that's not what you did here. 
And I guess I'm curious, Hoyta, was this something you were thinking about for other projects? Had you been exploring this approach? How did you guys decide um, this was the way and this was the project to apply this uh, new technique to? I, I, I have, you know, I have based the technology for no on a technology that I sort of uh, figured out for something else way, way before. Uh, but you know, it's it's like it's like um, um, uh, utensils, right? You can use them for whatever. You know, right. you can uh, you uh, um, no, no. So so I I have always the feeling that 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 what we did for Nope is very unique to to this film. Um, I mean. Let's start by saying I think Jordan just had some sort of a, a desire and some sort of a, a will to do something that initially just felt very impossible, you know, uh, or very difficult. Um, I think that uh, Jordan, you know, had written into the script uh, situations and sort of uh, thriller-esque moments that were very sort of untypical and unclassically based on you know, uh, peering through the night uh, where you normally cannot see through, you know, um, in a in a vast scope and vast landscape. So so reading that it was was like, oh, shit, you know, this is going to be very difficult to <laughs> to do for real or to, to do in a film. Uh, uh, at least I didn't I didn't really know how to how to do it, uh, resulting in the fact that both, you know, Jordan and myself, we just started to feverishly uh, find solutions to to do that to 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 be able to um, do what we wanted to do and one of the results is that is is our sort of day for night technology you know day so it, in in layman's terms uh, i'm an idiot I, I know something but not a lot explain to me the methodology and explain to me what what we're what we're getting out of this that we're not getting you think out of what we've okay. seen in typical day for night so, so let me try in layman's terms. <laughs> no, no, I mean, listen, I'm, I, 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 I'm not a very verbal person in general, but, but um, uh, normally, you know, when you when you shoot night, uh, uh, you put a camera in the scenery and you roll. Uh, you know, the camera doesn't see anything; it's dark. So then you put lights there. And then the camera starts seeing wherever you put a light, you know, the camera will eventually see what uh, uh, what you want the camera to see. Um, the bigger your scenery, the more lights you're going to need. At some point, when you open up your scenery to a gigantic landscape, you know, uh, you theoretically, you have to light up the whole landscape um, uh, with film lights. But that's uh, besides that. That is very impractical. It's also impossible. You know, you cannot you cannot light a mountain or you cannot light a, yeah something that is miles and miles away. You there are just simply not enough lights in Hollywood in order to do that. Yet when you read on paper, you read a description of somebody looking into the sky. And seeing something disappearing over the uh, uh, over the uh, mountain ridges at night, you know, you start thinking, how can we do it? Now, traditionally, people have done a thing that's called day for night. So they shoot things during the day, then they darken up uh, the image, they put blue filters on there, 
and you give the audience a sort of a light impression of night, you know, and, and, and the untrained eye, let's say the untrained eye in the 60s or the 70s, you know, they thought it looked great, you know, now it looks nice in film and we see all this stuff in Westerns, you see it, you see it at, yep. at open sea shots, et cetera. And people use it, used it all the time. Now, it is a, it is a method that that has a very specific look to it and a very specific feel to it. And of course, you know, uh, when we were designing sort of Nope and the way Nope 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 had to look, it just didn't feel like that was kind of the look we were after for the night. So uh, uh, I've been looking after methods in order to make those day for night shots look better. So. I did a lot of tests with an infrared camera and an infrared camera reads a very specific wavelength of light, which is the wavelength of infrared and infrared has a lot of different wavelengths, you know, doesn't really matter, but like a very, if you use a very narrow bandwidth of that light, you can theoretically shoot a black and white image in which the light that comes to earth during the daytime looks very similar to, to, to the moonlight, uh, you know, with a little bit of tweaking of the buttons, you can create an image that looks very specific to the way the eye sees at night. The only problem is then you have an infrared image or you have a black and white image. This is one of to be color. So I thought if we combine that infrared image with what we should normally, the color image, and we put those two together and mix them up in the correct way, we uh, would be able to get the color information and the grain information and all the information from one and sort of the relations of the light or the perception of the levels of the light from the other. And we will marry them together and you know we get some sort of a day for night uh, version 2.0. And that's kind of what we did. So, uh, uh, but the interesting thing is, I mean, I feel like the result is, as I said, like the audience may not be able to perceive exactly any of that, like obviously the particulars, but they can intuit. I am watching, I am feeling immersed in this in a different way. I am this, the, the goal, correct me if I'm wrong, Jordan, is you're basically trying to approximate what it is actually how we perceive night in, in reality. There's one way of looking at night in film that is not reality. And this is the closest thing we've come to yet, I think. From achieving what we what we actually perceive night as in our day to day, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, we've got very um, specific ideas of what night is in film. Now, right. you, you see night at, in cities shot all the time because the lights from the cities light everything up. Um, but when you're out when you're outside in, in the middle of nowhere at night, you really can't uh, approximate what that feels like. Um, without something like this, this, this day for night technology. So basically with the system and the camera the technology that, that Hoyta has you know, developed here, uh, you know, we're able to get this infrared light, this valuable infrared light that allows us to take something we shoot at the day and then paint basically with all those, the intricate colors there to make it feel like you're outside at night, your eyes have adjusted, and you can still kind of see far, you can still see some color. Um, and, and with that, and, and, and both tweak by tweaking in post, 
um, you know, uh, with the help of uh, Guillaume Rocheron, our, our VFX supervisor, we're, we're able to literally um, approximate what the, the, the effect of the dilation of your pupils, mm-hmm. getting used to something like that. Right, right. So this was, I mean, the whole thing was, I really, I didn't realize how hard the script was. I was just writing away. And I right. wrote this thing, I brought it to Hoyt. He says, this is impossible. And you're giving, you're, you're giving me a little bit too much credit to figure it out, um, Hoyt. He says, I do have this idea. There's, there's this technology and, and there's, this, there's something that we could try that has never been done and try and make night. And I know, I know we're putting this faith into something that hasn't been done. And, if, and the only way we're really going to find out if it works is, is it's going to be too late because it's all about, <laughs> all about the post process. So it really was this locking arms, like, wait, I'm, I'm going to trust you. And, 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 by, and by the way, what he's saying makes sense to me. And I do have a sense in my, in my head of how to tell a story that uses this idea of the pupil dilation and the isolation and uh, the immersion of that. Mm-hmm. So we, we, we locked arms, you know, we, I didn't tell Universal that it might look like shit. <laughs> we got this. I really, Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. No, but you, 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 I mean, listen. I, 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 you, you say I give you much credit. I, I sometimes think I give you too little credit because, you know, I mean, when the idea started, Jordan, it was so um, fragile and small, and 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 I sort of spurred that idea out straight from the outset. But you took it straight away, and you have been super inquisitive from the start you know i mean at that moment you have become sort of the main bounce board of 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 that that idea and that little seed that has to start growing you know it has to it it really needed to start i mean when we started this i will never pretend that i totally figured out what it was going to be you know it's it it was it was it was a it was a it was a very um uh, 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 young adolescent uh, idea. It, it 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 needed nurturing and it needed parents to sort of <laughs> come to fruition. And um, uh, I mean, the nice thing about this whole sort of nerdery was that I mean, for me, I can always sort of bring it down to a moment that we had together when we when we when we were scouting and we walked out of that car. You know, for me, that was very crucial in sort of the start of this idea, which was we scouted the ranch uh, and we scouted during the day and we did a lot of tests during the day, I think, or we were there, but we ended up, we just we just wanted to stick around to look at the night, you know, because it's fast and, you know, it. how does, what, what are we having during the night? Can we even shoot here? So, so we drove out in a long, the long road to the same road where you see him running up and down with the horse and we parked the car there where we uh, in the middle of that road and we at some point in the total darkness after sunset we started walking around we walked out of the car the headlights were still on so at that moment you just can see around the car you can see you know the people you're with uh, lit by the, the headlights of the car and then we switched off all the car lights and then you're standing like in absolute darkness. And we started walking through that over that road further on or through that field. And then at that moment, your pupils start dilating. And suddenly this whole sort of uh, fastness of landscape just just opened up. And it's and, and 
you know, it's like when you when you're in the middle of nowhere, you suddenly you stare at the sky and you start seeing all the skies, and suddenly you realize there's like a billion stars out there, and it's magnificent, it's huge. And that moment, that that sort of when 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 that landscape started to open up, you started to to recognize the shapes on the mountain ridges and 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 the coloration in the sky and the clouds, which were very important. That's when I thought, fuck, this is exactly what we need, you know, for the. <laughs> We have to talk a little IMAX. We, I mean, you can't make a movie that is a spectacle and is also, you know, a, a self-reflective, maybe criticism of our addiction to spectacle without indulging in the ultimate format for spectacle, which is IMAX. And you obviously brought in the king of IMAX and Hoyt here, uh, Jordan. Um, is it IMAX or bust for you for, for you now? I mean, when Nolan started, he has not looked back. He only makes movies now. He only employs IMAX at his movies. Do you imagine you'll be able to let go? of utilizing IMAX and future projects after doing this one? Sure. I mean, I, lo I love the the task of using exactly what's needed for whatever project right. is needed. And um, this, I came in, you know, I come into all of these um, films with really looking, um, looking to collaborate. And, you know, in these moments, you know, I'm looking to see what, what um, that sparkle in Hoyt's eye, right? I'm, I'm, you know, I'm saying, look, we, we, how would we do that? And, and these, these little moments of inspiration he has, when you can see he's excited about something, he's genuinely excited. That's kind of all I need to know that this is the right way to go. Now, I, I, I did feel like this is a big movie. I think I, we, we, we probably um, would have landed at IMAX no matter what. But there was a pivotal moment when, um, in the meta. Uh, verse, you know, I the crossover where I where I asked Hoyt, I said, if you had to shoot a UFO, what would you what would you use? He said, well, for posterity, you know, the um, IMAX has the format; it has the best um, resolution, and so you know, of course, it made perfect sense. And then from that notion was how we said, well, then that's the same thing Holst would be thinking, right? Which is why we use the he he uses the IMAX camera to uh, shoot um shoot the jean jacket in the film and obviously has the same scarf collection that our TP here has so the similarities don't end there. Um, no. Hoyt, who's who's more secretive, Christopher Nolan or Jordan Peele about about their movie making? Secretive, yeah. Um, I think uh, I think they're all super secretive, which is very important to the process. You know, it's uh, uh, you know I'm not going to compare apples to pears, <laughs> but uh, but uh, I think both are very much committed to the uh, you know to the cinematic experience and 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 you know uh, think that their audience deserve to see you know, they have the audience experience their films for the first time and with that not trying not to give away too much spoilers and therefore, you know, don't risk that a lot of stuff will leak uh, prematurely from, uh, from, 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 uh, from the, from the, you know, from the set or from the process. So I would say, you know, uh, you know. I think, um, I think Hoyt, I, I think uh, Chris is probably actually more secretive. I'm just better at bluffing. Like I know what 
fuck is going <laughs> no, on. No, no. <laughs> Listen, it's also no use to get into the comparison game, guys. That's like... <laughs> <laughs> hey, I love them both. Don't worry. I'm not cho- making you choose, nor am I ever going to choose. But okay, let, let's talk for a second. We've been talking, obviously, it's about... Like, the- it's like asking, uh, asking which child do you prefer, your youngest or your older <laughs> child? <It's>, uh, <laughs> any of those two ch- children your favorites? No. <laughs> um, <laughs> I believe I believe um, the eldest uh, goes in Sophie's choice, right. which means <laughs> I'm the keeper. Yes. <laughs> so Jordan, <laughs> it, is, it has been several months since this movie came out. You have had ample time to read all the Reddit boards, all the fan theories, all watch all the YouTube videos, as with all of your movies. You mean oh, sitting t- sitting in your underwear at the kitchen table? Googling your own name until like <laughs> four o'clock at night until your family says, are you coming to bed now or what? Thank you, Hoyt. That was basically my question. Yeah. Do, how far deep down that rabbit hole do you go? Because it's it's fun. It's pretty awesome. It's rare to make a movie that is that ripe for interpret different interpretations. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think in the early, in the first month, I went down a, a few of the, um, quite a few of the reactions and I was just, I was honestly just so uh, blown away by the, the reactions, by the analysis. And that people were um, sort of ro- willing to accept the, uh, the differences from the, of this film from the last and, and willing to sort of accept the, um, the mystery box of it. Um, and, and, and uh, you know, what I, what I always say is, you know, I don't, you know, people ask me what the, a message of the film is and people trying to get at what I'm trying to say. And I feel like if I, with my films, if I, if I could do that, if I could break it, really break it down into a couple of sentences, I wouldn't need to make a movie. Right. In fact, the thing that I'm trying to put together is something that um, I don't quite know what I'm saying. All I know is the rules and the, the building blocks that are gonna be put together. And ultimately you trust that if you can get everybody on board with this idea, with this vision, even though we don't quite know, we, we haven't seen it yet, um, then uh, we'll get something new. We'll get something that I can not only watch as a, as a creator, but you know, when I get a little distance, I can watch as, as, a, as an audience and appre- just appreciate uh, all the work that was put into it. And for me, I would say, honestly, sometimes the questions are more important than the answers. I don't need to necessarily know all the answers. I'm, it's not a it's not a puzzle I'm tra- trying to solve. I'm giving myself over to it. And if it sparks a thousand questions, that's a great thing. And that can live on in, in my brain forever. And that's that's pretty you cool. Know, it's, it's, it's quite interesting. I mean, you have this, you know, uh, two different kind of directors and one director, you know, has has a lot to say but tells uh that he doesn't really know what to say and the other director has nothing to say but will tell you all the time that he knows exactly what he's going to do and uh and uh, and and that's nice because for me jordan you're always in that in that first category you know you 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 always have interesting things to sort of bring forward uh, but you're always on the outside. You say, 
I'm just figuring it out. I'm just discovering it, and I'm 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 pro going through the process. So it's a question mark, you know. And that's always where you know these project, you know, that's where, for instance, for me, this project really sort of went through a, a through a, a, a you know an interesting you know spiral and, and vortex. And it's very nice because you you just you just you just told me. That you were looking in my eyes and you see that glimpse, you know, like that and that spark that you, you know, okay, now he he's getting he's getting excited about things. But the moment that you're looking in my eyes, you don't realize I'm looking in your eyes and I'm <laughs> trying to look exactly for the same thing, you know. It's like it's, oh, it's, he's, he's excited about this now, and now I'm I'm gonna give him this, and we could uh, we could really we could really run each other off a cliff. <laughs> yeah, but just like a staring game, you know. You know, one of the things just to say uh, that about Hoyt's style that <laughs> I found to be um, really liberating and fascinating to me is he's very anti-contrivance. You know, any anything that w w one sort of does to tell a story that because they feel like that's how movies look. Right. Or because that's how you're supposed to. Just because it's been done a thousand times. Just right. because it's yeah. been done and, and, and you sort of, he's, he's really um, from a, just his principle and his manner and his, his ethos as an artist is very much like, let something be. And as a photographer too, let something be. Um, don't get precious. And that, which is something that I think we both share and we're both extremely precious people at the same time. So I think it's probably why we have to continue to remind ourselves that um, if we'll, we'll always be able to sniff out our own contrivances, even right. if other people won't. <laughs> so I, so I, I know I've just said that the mystery is important, more important than the answers, but just on behalf of the audience, Jordan, I'm going to throw out a couple questions and just bat them away. Blink your eyes, do whatever you want to do, okay? I'm going to give you full uh, service, John. <laughs> what, what what the hell is up with the shoe? What, okay. What, what's, go, what's going on with the shoe? Just What's going on with the shoe? Yeah. So the shoe, you know, the, the shoe represents uh, a, a moment of uh, where the we, we check out of a trauma. And Jupe, uh, he, he zones in on this little shoe, that's Mary Jo's shoe, that uh, has landed in a precarious, odd situation. And uh, this is the moment he disassociates. Um, so the shoe for me is, um, in, in, in essence, in, in, in one way, it's the impossible shot. It's the impossible moment. Is it a bad mir miracle? Would we call it that? Yeah. It's a bad miracle. Very good. You got it. You got the shoe. <laughs> okay. I needed your help a little bit. Nope. Is that an acronym for not of planet Earth? Was that your intent? One of the intents of the title? Uh, yes. Okay. It was one of the intents. Okay. Yeah. The alien design, biblically accurate angels and or inspired by anime, Neon Genesis, Evangelion. Well, you've, you've um, 
you know, you've, you've addressed your own question. Of course, the, the Evangelion angels are based on the biblical angels. Got tied together. And, so, yeah. And I didn't want to be sort of literal um, that that uh, jean jacket or this oculonimbus species is an angel. But um, I do think that there is something about the uh, where um, evolution and design collide that leaves uh, doors open that may or may not be answered in the future, Josh. May or may not be answered in the future. Okay, so that leads me to- to, to, As to the nature of the Ocula Nimbi. That leads me to Nobody, a character that does not appear in the film. Um, we haven't even talked about the Gordy sequences, which I'm obsessed with. We, we, we'll have to save that for another time, sadly, because we're running low on time, but I am obsessed. But- You've hinted that we might see that story. Nobody might come back in another film or story because it didn't make the final cut of this movie. It sounds like a very dark, in a dark storyline, a very dark aspect of that storyline. Uh, yeah, there's a character that people uh, are um, growing more and more interested in. Um, you see him briefly in the trailer, um, in one of the trailers for No, but he's not in the film. And yeah, there, I, I would imagine there is... Uh, Yes, there's there, there will be some um, ex discovery about this character. So where, where where are you at on the next project? And is it something that would tie to to Nope? Or no, I, there I have to I have to cut you off. That I'm so sorry. <laughs> I have watches. <laughs> Wait, I, I I see your wrist. There's nothing. Can you just say, tell me this? Are do you do you do you, do you have a script for something? Like where what where in the process are you for the next one? I do not have a script yet. Okay. So I'm working. I'm, I'm writing right now. Okay. And for you, Hoyt, see, I'm going to let Jordan off the off the hot seat for a second. But Hoyt, I do have to ask an Oppenheimer question or two very briefly. Are you okay, Jordan? Yeah, um, I'm good. Oppenheimer, I could not be more excited, Jordan. I'm sure you share my excitement. I mean, oh, when oh, no yeah. one cooks with Hoyt, it's going to be special. Sure. Black and white IMAX. I don't know if we've ever seen that. Um, is a good portion of the movie in IMAX and black and white? Um, I can't, uh, no comment. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> How much does this one push the envelope? Again, we talked early in this discussion about pushing, about trying new things, about iterating. Um, you didn't exactly blow up a nuclear bomb for real, but you did blow up some real, <laughs> real explosives. It sounds like, uh, how much one, how much did this, uh, test you, you think, Hoyt? Well, you know, the, the the thing is, I it's it is really hard for me to uh, to to talk about this film because uh, we simply haven't sort of altogether uh, agreed on what we want to say and what we can't say. Okay, so I'm I'm, I'm just going to shut up about. You know what? I don't have I don't work for the film. I don't have a contract or anything. <laughs> All yeah. I can say is it the I'm so envious. I didn't get to be on set for this production. The talent looks incredible. The image, I have seen a couple of images from it that just look so beautiful. Um, anyway, it's going to be, it's going to be a, a, a real, it's, it's, it's what I'm most excited for next year. I know I have to let, let you run. One quick question for you, Jordan. There is an Akira homage in this film. I know that you, that was the last kind of IP you flirted with. What would your Akira have been? Did you have a take on it? How far down that road did you get? And when that eventually is made, what do you want to see in an Akira movie? 
well, you know, I don't know. I, I, it, it's such a, a project I'm so passionate about. I'm, I'm glad I didn't um, do it because, yeah, I, I feel like, you know, it, it uh, staying away from that, trying to interpret that IP just set me on the path to create something new. Yeah. That, that um, I, uh, but, um, you know, I want to see, I want to see Neo Tokyo. Um, I want to see a Japanese cast and, and I want to feel immersed in the, the world, um, uh, you know, the, the way of the, the films and the manga. Fair enough. Uh, gentlemen, this has been a, a real pleasure. I mean, I got to like 6% of the stuff I wanted to talk to you about, but that's the, that's how dense and, and beautiful a piece of work you guys made. Uh, everybody should check it out. This is a movie that bears repeat viewings. I've seen it three times. I'll see it many more. Uh, congratulations on the work. Hoyt, it's been a pleasure to get to know you a little bit today. And, and Jordan, Jordan, it's always a pleasure to catch up, man. Thanks, Josh. And so ends another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Remember to review, rate, and subscribe to this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm a big podcast person. I'm Daisy Ridley, and I definitely wasn't pressured to do this by Josh. (laughs) 